Real Talk with Grace Redman features conversations with fierce and fabulous people from Grace's community and circle who inspire others with their stories of overcoming challenges to create amazing. Grace is an entrepreneur and success coach who works with individuals to diminish their negative mental chatter, boost their confidence, achieve their goals, and increase their prosperity mindset. Get ready for a series of Anything Goes Conversations with remarkable men and women that will get you jazzed for life's unlimited possibilities of success, freedom, and fun. Welcome to Real Talk with Grace Redman. It's always amazing to be here with you guys on another episode of Real Talk where I get to have real life, raw conversations with amazing people from my circles and communities who have overcome challenges and created amazing. Today, I'm super excited to have Ryan Dowdy as our guest. Ryan is an entrepreneur, sales strategist, and community builder. Earlier this year, Ryan was stressed and overwhelmed. In one community, she was a thought leader. In another, she was surrounded by potential clients. Neither space felt safe to share her experiences. She wound up on the floor in her shower in tears, which I can relate to that. She felt like no one understood. She wanted to create a safe space to come as you are while finding advice, feedback, and friendship. She had no idea it would create such powerful conversations and connections, but it confirmed she was on the right track to creating a space unlike any other. And I am so excited to welcome Ryan to the show today. Welcome, Ryan. Hi, Grace. How are you? I'm great. I'm super excited to be back. You're my first guest in the new year. And I'm Mm -hmm. really excited to have this conversation because, Mm -hmm. girl, so much of what you talk about resonates. Yes. Well, thank you so much. And it's funny, you're the first person to read that that new bio out loud. And I was like, oh, I wasn't prepared for that. (laughs) Like I've read it on paper, but you're the first one to read it out loud. So I I love the vulnerability because I can really relate to um, the points you touched on. Mm -hmm. We don't talk about those things. No, we try like hell not to actually. Right. Right. (laughs) So, so tell me a little bit, um, you know, about you know, while you were going through mm-hmm. those moments and days, like what did it feel like and how did you step out of it? Yeah, really great question. So, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's been a wild and crazy ride, um, really my entire career, but the past year has probably been the most transformational for me. And, you know, what I thought I had was a business problem, right? Like I thought I had a business strategy problem. Like that day that I was crying on the floor in my shower, I very clearly would have told you that something was broken in my business. And what I really needed to learn, Grace, that something, not something was broken inside of me, but that I wasn't being true to myself, Mm. right? And so for me, my stress was like, I was looking for, there, there was something outside of me, right? Like that's what I was looking for. There's something external that I need. I need another sales strategy. I need another business strategy. I need, maybe it's our offer. Maybe it's our avatar. Maybe it's this, maybe it's that. When really it was me, right? Like it was always me and it was me really living and being true to myself. And so how did I get out of it? <laughs> coaching, <laughs> a lot of coaching um, and a lot of really difficult conversations. If I'm honest, you know, when you go on this journey to become the, the, the truest version of yourself, you have to admit not only to yourself, but to some of the people closest to you that the things that you've been doing or saying or whatever, just really don't feel in alignment anymore. And it, it's hard, but powerful and empowering, but hard. <laughs> I, 
you just hit a, a point for me, you know, I, before I got on, I said, Hey, I took a pause. I didn't realize I needed a pause, but just like you said, <laughs> I was burnt out. Didn't realize it. And I had, mm -hmm. like you said, like same thing. I'm like, is it something wrong with me with, with the business? I have to do a different strategy, but it wasn't, it was internal too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wasn't being true to myself and doing the things that I enjoy. I was trying to keep up with all of these different strategies that weren't feeling good to me. Right. Right. But then we're, we're marketed to in such a way that we're like, well, if I don't do it, if I don't do it, I, I won't be successful. Right. Right. Yes. And so that's where I was at. And ironically, when I started staffing 23 years ago, I had the same the same thing happened. I was trying to keep up with everything and do all make, you know, all the strategy calls and the strategy. And I was miserable. Mm -hmm. And so I stepped back and I said, you know what? I really love this. I love what I'm doing. I'm going to focus on the relationships. Yeah. I'm going to focus on what I enjoy doing. I enjoy helping people. And I feel like this is the same thing happening to me now on the coaching side. It's like I was trying to be something I'm not. Mm -hmm. And I got to step back. Yeah. I got it. It's so hard as like high performers, as doers, like I find stepping back to be harder <laughs> than anything, anything else. Right. Like the whole slowing down to speed up concept, like fundamentally I get it, but it's so hard because right? we're, we're just programmed to do. And, yeah. you know, you know that you've had a very long and very successful career and sometimes you just got to get in and get your hands dirty and do the things. But the hard work is sometimes not done when we are doing it's when we're really digging deep and kind of pulling all that stuff out um, so we can figure out where to go next. Absolutely. This Is it ironic that we're having this conversation? Today? There is no such thing as coincidence, no, my friend. No so thank you for the validation. <laughs> You're welcome. I was like, you know what? I'm stopping. I'm slowing down. I'm going to step back. I'm going to go back yeah. to the basics, which is the conversations and the relationships. Yeah. And what I love is that you do teach relationship-based yeah sales approaches. So tell me a little bit about that because yeah. in sales, it's always about the numbers and the grind and that's exhausting. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, human to human connection is, you know, one of my core values as a salesperson. And again, it goes back to the same idea that we're marketed to that, like this strategy is the only strategy that works. We're also marketed to in a way where we feel like automation and churn and burn, and it's all a numbers game. And, you know, that is kind of be not, not, it's just kind of indoctrinated into us. So for me, what it means is, you know, it, it is about focusing. I always tell our clients to like, stop focus on selling things and start focusing on building relationships. It's exactly what you're learning right now, right? Like you just focus on the relationship. You focus on the other person on the other side of the phone call, the email, the DM, the, the stream yard, like wherever they are. If you just focus on that person and, and getting to know them and build a relationship, sales will naturally happen. Yeah. Um, and so the numbers are important. Like I'm not naive enough to believe like, eh, you know, like I haven't gotten that woo just yet. <laughs> it's just like, you know, but it is really getting into a space where it's how can I serve this person? How can I help this person? And knowing that it always comes back tenfold, even if it doesn't come back in the way that we think it will. Absolutely. And um, I, you know, laugh at me. I went back to the basics yesterday and I pulled out my call sheet from like 20 years ago. And I said, you know what? I really need connection. I'm just going to make phone calls. You know, I'm just going to make phone calls and see how people are doing. And I couldn't believe how much I got from that. Yeah. Again, it's not about the bottom line in those calls, but from the connections. And like mm -hmm. you said, then the bottom line comes when right. we're in that space of 
connecting yeah. and serving. Yes. Oh, gosh. I love it. I love that you picked up the phone. I've actually gone back to basics the past like six weeks too. And I have, I've talked to more people in the right. past six weeks than I swear I did in the last year. And yeah. I've made more money. I've had more fun. And um, I feel like I've made a bigger impact. You know, like I walk away feeling like I've poured into people, but I also feel poured into, you know? Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And something that um, I love, I'm following you on Instagram and I love your you. posts. Thank one you. thing, one, I believe one thing you said was everything works. Amen. So it just doesn't have to be social media presence. It doesn't just have to be the phone, but you know, whatever feels good to you, whatever you're doing authentically mm -hmm. is going to work. Mm -hmm. I think it's authentically. And then it's what we do consistently, right? Yes. Um, yes. It's what we do consistently. Like, Again, in, in I find this in online marketing world that people tell you there's one way to do things and there is no one way to do anything. No. It is the thing that you will consistently do that is in alignment with you, right? So if like live video is not your jam, that doesn't mean that you're, you know, destined for failure in your online business, right? Like there's a woman, I recently was a guest on a podcast of a woman, her name is Denise. She's not shown her face on the internet in like 17 years. Wow. But she has an extremely successful business and a, like an extremely successful podcast, right? So it's however you can authentically show up in a way that's important to you, but what you will do consistently, right? So I use live video as an example because, you know, everybody is like, oh, you have to use live video. And it's like, if that doesn't feel true to you, then don't use live video because you trying to BS live video is no better or worse than you just not doing it at all, right? So however, if you're, if you would prefer written content because that's your jam and you want to write emails and write social media content, that's fine. You know, again, if podcasting is your superpower, do that, but do what feels good to you and what you can show up and do consistently because when you try to force yourself to do something that you hate, there's no way in the world you're going to do it consistently. 100 to every word you just said. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I fell into the trap of, okay, you have to do this and you have to do right. that. And that's not true. And yeah. I also know so many um, incredible, you know, business um, people, entrepreneurs, coaches who don't have a social media presence right. and they're super busy. Of course. But they're, like you said, they're consistent in what they're doing. And then there's also that social currency when you are um, providing great service. Right. It, it's, it, you know, they're going to tell a friend and another person's going to tell another friend. And so, I would argue that that almost happens faster. Yes. Right. Than trying to convert cold traffic, cold people who don't know you into mm -hmm. paying, paying clients, right. To just go out. And I will tell you my first, probably six figures in my business. This was obviously pre pandemic back in, 2019, I think 2018, 2019, my first probably six figures came from in-person networking, from speaking for free, from going to events, from meeting people. And then I got referrals from that ecosystem. So like I wound up working with people who I had never met before, but it was because I was introduced to those people by someone who I had met networking. So I think it's, you know, and it, there's just that, like you said, there's that social currency. There's that proof of like, oh, well, so-and-so recommended them. Yeah. And so I never underestimate, like, like you said, the people who don't have online presences. I mean, I love social media. I love the idea yeah. of being able to grow in a business without ever leaving your house, all those things. But if that does not feel true to you and you would rather go out and meet people, that's still an extremely yeah. viable way. Like business existed before the internet. Absolutely. Actually, yesterday was on the calls. I got an invitation to go speak at the Rotary Club. Um, and I was like, yeah, of course. So, I mean, and I, and I miss that in-person presence. Um, right. And, and I, I love how now like you're creating this community yes. 
for women. I, I, like I mentioned earlier, wow, I really needed that, you know, 20 plus years ago when I started my entrepreneurial journey. Cause I did it like there, I don't know maybe there was, but I didn't have those around me and I did it. I felt like it was on my own. It was tough. Yeah. So, so tell me about the power of finding a supportive community. Sure. That. So I think it's, it, again, this is all so new. Like this is a total reinvention. I am in this really, like one of our core values with be in the room is, is, is reinvention. And I'm in this reinvention space right now where I am realizing that just because I'm good at something doesn't mean that that's what I have to do. So, um, and I share that with you just because I don't know the answer to the question exactly. Like, I just know that I'm following my gut. And I, I just was kept mm-hmm. hearing women talk about that idea of feeling lonely and feeling alone and feeling like nobody understood them. And I was like, what do you, what do you mean? You know, like women, and I feel like we've made such advancements as women as far as in the, in the workplace and career and money and all this stuff, but like we're still somewhat stuck um, personally right? We still don't really know our roles personally. Like once you become the female breadwinner, like what's your role in the house, right? What's your role as mom? What's your role as wife? What's your role as friend, as sister, as, as whatever. So for me, I just, I kept, I was, you know, it's one of those things is there's no coincidences and you can only hear so many people say so many things so many times. You're like, okay, we need to fix this problem. And that's my personality. <laughs> like We're just going to fix the problem. <laughs> um, and so we're going to create a community of women where the common thread is, you know, just the rebellion against the status quo, whatever that means in the season of life that you're in. Mm-hmm. And even some days just having that, like yesterday it happened. One of my, a member of my team um, did something that just, I was so excited about, and I was like, I wanted to share it. And it was just cool to have a community to go into and be like, can I just tell you that my team is really badass and like, they're so amazing. And it feels so good to feel so supported. And I I felt like up until, you know, six weeks ago, I didn't really have that space to go say that where I would be supported. Right. I, I love that because recently I did find my, you know, communities to join and once I joined those communities and I felt safe, there was some I didn't feel safe with, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes when we're a leader, um, there's certain things, you know, you don't feel or environments, like you said, that you don't feel safe in. But I did find these communities where I felt safe and to go in there and be vulnerable and to actually share and celebrate because we're not taught to do that. I was mm-hmm. like, if you celebrated, like you're stuck up, like who right. you are, um, right. but to be embraced in these communities has really helped me expand and grow mm-hmm. and be open to share. Yeah. And, and one of the things that's really important to me in the community that we're creating right now, Grace, is that it's not just business and it's not just personal. It's both. And yeah. I don't know about you. You can tell me about, you know, but I found that there was, I could, I could go join a business community, right? There's plenty of business communities, co-ed, men, women. I mean, there's plenty of them. And then I found that there for women, at least for me, my kids are little, my kids are, are almost five and two and a half Is that like, oh, there where we are, we are in it right now. Um, but, it, but it's like, well, we can go do play dates and we can play Bunko or we can go to this networking event. But like, where do we get to go be both those things? Like, where can I be mom and a business owner? Mm-hmm. Like, where can I be a badass and be super vulnerable? Where can I share my wins without being, you know, stuck up. Right. And so where can we go? Like, again, one of our core values we created is, is both and right. This is not a space of either or it's both. And, and as the lines blur between business and personal, you know, from us as business owners, it's also blurring, um, you know, where we go to get support. 
Well, I, I agree with you. It's not a this or that. It's both and, you know, yeah. because I am a mother and I raised a family while I was running, you know, this, you know, multi-million dollar business that so cool. wasn't easy. So bad. Um, and I raised my kids and I was in the classroom and I was, um, we're, and so we, we can't have it all at different times. And you're right. There really isn't, I always felt guilty for being here and guilty for being there. And now, like you said, it's like F the status quo, whatever that may mean, because mm -hmm. we, we can be both. Like we can be successful <laughs> career women and mothers. Yes. And yes. But I think so much of it is judgment of ourselves, if I'm honest. Like as much as, you know, like I'm, I'm you know, damn the man. Like I, <laughs> I stand behind that 100%. But I think some of it is judgment of ourselves, right? Like this whole idea of having it all, it's sometimes we just have to modify what having it all means, True. right? Like for me, having it all, me, my kids go to daycare. They don't have to, they, but they do. Um, my kids go to daycare and, but I still feel like I have it all, even though they're not home with me all day, because I'm here with them every morning. I get to send them off to school. Like they come home around like three 30 or four. We get to spend a lot of time together. And um, in the summer, I try not to work on Friday afternoons. And so I try to pick them up from school early and do something fun. And like, to me, that is my version of having it all mm -hmm. right. But I think sometimes we're like, okay, well, if I'm not the Pinterest perfect mom where I do all these things and then that's like, then I'm not, I'm not doing enough. And I'm like, I don't care. Like here are the store-bought cookies for the Valentine's day party. And that is enough for me. So I think sometimes it's self-judgment and expectations of ourselves as much as it is the external forces. You're totally right. And I've been working on that so much and I've come a long way. What I didn't realize recently that I still still had those perfectionism, perfectionism pictures, not realizing it. Mm -hmm. And now my goal for 2022 is F it. Yes. <laughs> I'm just going to say. Good for you. Does it feel so good to say that? Okay. It's like the, like the perfectionism is so deep in, again, like I've done a lot of work and I've overcome a lot of shit and I'm like, okay, I don't care if this is that, but I didn't realize like I still have those tendencies. Well, you grew up in a man's world, babe. You grew a staffing agency <laughs> in a man's yeah. world. I know. And, and yeah. So now I'm just like, fuck it. Good I mean, for you. And you're going to have like the best year of your life with that attitude. Girl, we're going to stay in touch. <laughs> um, but you're right. It's it's my mm -hmm. idealism, my idealistic thinking, where right. it has to be this way, mm -hmm. and the perfectionism, and if it's not this way, and the overachieving <sighs> to prove that I am worthy. I know. I had a conversation with a woman yesterday too that yeah if we're if we're not climbing we're like doing it wrong right like if it's not and I think again a lot of that is marketing um, especially in the entrepreneur land right like if if a million dollar business is not your goal you're you're selling yourself short and it's like for some people it's not their goal and that's okay like I have a girlfriend who is brilliant um, investment wealth manager super smart. Um, worked in hedge funds in Boston, like killed it. And she wants to have a really small boutique firm mm -hmm. where her profit margins are through the roof That's right. and she can be a mom. And she's like, I can work, you know, 15, 20 hours a week. My profit margins are high enough that I can invest the cash, you know, and, and she's actually the one who said to me, which I think really I hate to say gave me permission, but sometimes we need permission to really think through what my goals were that like oftentimes the, the smaller business 
isn't really taking home that much less money than the larger business, right? She's like, and the profitability from a $15 million business to a $5 million business isn't really that different because what it takes to run the $15 million business. Do you, have you ever heard of that book, Rework? No. Okay. It's on my bookshelf. Okay. I read that book. Rework? Rework. And for our audience, if you're watching, this is a great uh, book. I don't know why I'm echoing, but because I had that mentality, the bigger business, the more, and I read that book rework and they talked about just that. It doesn't have to be this huge company. It could be, and there's these examples of, you know, two person companies killing it. And so when I read that book, probably more than five years ago, then that's when I started to downsize, but not downsize with lack in mind, downsizing with abundance in mind, because it doesn't have to be this. And it, and it worked amazing for me. And I was, I had more fun and, and I love that you got to that point right. for us to be successful. It doesn't have to be a $15 million business. We don't have to have a hundred employees. Right. I have to find the happy medium though, because I found that creating employment actually is something I really enjoy. And I know I've never thought that as an employee, like when I left, cause I didn't like managing people. Um, so when I left the corporate world and became an entrepreneur, I never really anticipated being a, um, a manager. Um, again, and, but uh, so I have a team right now, there's four of us, four of them, like five of us all day. And I just really love that they love their work. Um, they have a lot of freedom and a lot of flexibility. So I have to find, I have to find that the happy medium in that, like, how do we run a lean, mean machine where we're super profitable? And maybe, maybe it's even in a secondary business or some level of investment, but I do love creating employment, especially in a way that empowers people, um, you know, all of almost not all of my team, a lot of my team has littles. Like I have one gal on my team who's pregnant right now and being able to give them freedom and flexibility is really exciting and empowering to me. So I haven't quite figured that piece out yet, Um, but I didn't anticipate that when I became an entrepreneur, I didn't anticipate that at all because I was like no employees, no people, no management. Um, But I actually really do find a lot of fulfillment in that. For sure. And I do too, like with my, my team, when they're like the same thing, they have, they have different things going on. And I, first of all, I love to collaborate. I, I, I don't enjoy working by myself, Agreed. Um, but I love when they're like, you know what, I'm so grateful for you because I get to, you know, partner with you and do this other thing. And like, and you're giving them opportunity and they learn from us too. Yes. You know, as women entrepreneurs, they're seeing that. Um, and I think that's very helpful. Which brings sure. me to my question. I know that you were in corporate for some time. Yeah. What motivated you to become an entrepreneur? So it's kind of funny. Um, it was never really on my roadmap to do that. Like I spent 15 years in sales. I felt like because I was in control of my income, entrepreneurship never really appealed to me. And even when I knew that the career path that I was on, I was the director of sales for a digital advertising agency. My son was, you know, a baby at the time, maybe six months. He's the one who was almost five. And I just knew that I was really unsettled. I was like, this is not like, this is not what God put me on this planet to do. Like, I can't do this for the next 35 years. And um, I actually thought it was going to be like an industry change. Like, I, it, I even then, even when I knew that I wasn't happy, I still didn't go looking for entrepreneurship. I thought like, maybe it's just a different industry. I've been in advertising and marketing for forever. Maybe I just need to shake it up a little bit. Um And it was actually a girlfriend of mine was launching a kind of an online community and a course. And I was watching her do that. And I was like, that's really interesting because to me, entrepreneurship, again, having worked with small businesses meant like brick and mortar store, like products. It never like the whole idea of an expert business or an information business just never really 
made a lot of sense to me um, or it just didn't occur to me. So once I started learning about online entrepreneurship and, and expert businesses and how I could use my skill set to to become profitable, um, that's really where it came from. But it was just this, this feeling of, yeah, like I know that I am meant for more. Um, I don't know what more is yet, but I know that I am meant for that. And I just kind of went looking and networking and started watching and asking questions. And um, this is where we landed. So it just so it sounds like it just like once we have a thought, the the other pieces start coming. The information comes for us to take our next steps. Isn't that crazy how that works, right? It feels like a natural progression. I know that's how it was for me as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I got to a point where I'm like, okay, I've been doing this for the staffing for so, and I'm still doing it, but I didn't feel as fulfilled right. and part of staffing is coaching. And same thing. I saw this online, you know, like I didn't realize like this is something you could do as a business. Right. And it just unfolded the way it was meant to. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what I'm learning that everything unfolds the way it's meant. Like you said, there's no coincidence. We're not having this conversation today out of the blue. No. A lot of coincidence. It's a validation for me, Ryan. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to validate you anytime you need, oh, Grace. I love it. So how long have you been in the entrepreneurial space? So it's funny. It's like from when I had the idea to like when I started making money, because those are two different dates. <laughs> Right. Um, so 2018 is when I really learned about I learned about online entrepreneurship, started playing. Um, and then I finally left my full time job in August of 2019. Wow, that's brave. That takes courage. Yeah. And how have things changed? Well, I know things have changed a lot for all of us. Yeah. But in the entrepreneurial journey, how have things changed over the last few months, the last few years since you started? Yeah. So my business, I, I mean, I've reiterated several times, um, you know, what has changed, what hasn't changed is the answer. So I started, um, it's actually kind of funny if you go back to 2018, I, we launched the business name and the business was Life Uncensored. And I really was looking to do like career and life coaching for women in their 20s. Um, and it actually came out of my corporate career. I worked in marketing. And so we, we worked with a lot of young people and I would used to just be really frustrated and pissed off at the difference between the way young men and young women presented themselves professionally. I was like, what are we, why are we not equipping young women with the professional like skills that they need? This is bad. Like, this is why the wage gap exists. Right. So mm -hmm. it started there. And then I, you know, learned some things about that industry, but ultimately wound up finally establishing myself as an entrepreneur teaching sales. And I was teaching sales to brand new entrepreneurs who were in similar situations, leaving their, their corporate jobs. So like our, our um, kind of our tagline was we help high achieving women leave their nine to five and build businesses. Um, so I did that for about two years. And then um, in that my business coach and I wound up starting a second business in partnership. So we started a business called Social Sellers Academy. So I basically spent all of 2021 building a business called Social Sellers Academy, where we train sales teams for online entrepreneurs. So people that are leveraging social media as their primary sales tool. And it was just in Q4 of this year where I, or last year where I realized like, I'm good at this and this is good and this is fun, but it's just not my heart. And so that's when I had to make a really tough decision and have a really tough conversation about this is not what I want to do forever. And um, so now we're working on building a community of women um, who are just really badass and um, want connection and collaboration and all of those things. So it, it has changed dramatically. I feel like I have changed dramatically. I feel like, you know, entrepreneurship is just such a crazy Mm -hmm. personal development journey, if you will. And, um, but you know, the number one thing, it's all come back to relationships, like to pull it full circle for you. Like 
everything. So I will tell you, we, we launched Be In The Room in November. Well, it was the end of November, early December. We have 26, 27 members of that community. But it it was because I've spent the last three years building relationships, right? Like I, I didn't start over. I just kind of changed paths but you still take all the people with you, yeah. right? When you change past. So I already had a community of people that I had relationships with. And I think that's the reason we've been so successful um, so quickly is because of the relationships that I have focused on building over the past few years. I, I love how you said that. It's like, it's, you're just doing a shift and it, it's not a change. It is a change, but you're taking all that energy with you, all that effort, all the relationships, um, and it's building on. And Always. we're constantly changing. I mean, I know even for, for myself in the entrepreneurial entrepreneurial journey in both businesses, it's constantly changing. Constantly. And it doesn't mean that I'm starting over. It just means I'm learning and pivoting. Um, and like you said, being true to myself, because sometimes you realize that the things you're doing are not the things you enjoy. And that's OK. Yes. We're st it's still we're still putting in our bucket because we've been committed and consistent. Right. And the bucket's overflowing. It's just going down a different yeah. <laughs> route. No, and it's so true. And I think we give ourselves, especially as women, we give ourselves such a hard time for wanting to change our minds. You know, we're like, oh, I don't want to do that. What will people think? I've worked so hard on this. I don't want to start over. You're never really starting over, right? You're, you get to take it all with you on that next iteration. And so sometimes it's just the skills. It's the experience. It's the lessons learned. Sometimes it is the community and the audience, just depending on, on what it looks like. But this you know, we, that's why we've, we've chosen reinvention as one of our, our core values with uh, be in the room, because this whole idea of you should choose a profession at the age of 18 and then do it until you die is stupid. <laughs> oh gosh. I tell my son that like, he came up to me and he's like, mom, I don't know what I want to do. I said, you don't have to No, 18. I don't know what I want to do. <laughs> no. And it's going to change. Like you can feel so passionate and so in love with something right now. And a year from now you can hate it. Yes. And that's okay. And, and I want to emphasize that, you know, for um, our audience, like it's okay, even if we've done something for five years, 10 years, 20 years, and you don't, you don't feel it anymore. It's okay. Mm -hmm. We can have more than one love, more than one passion. Um, what is that? What does Marie Forleo call it? Multi-passionate entrepreneur mm -hmm. or um, it's like, we don't have to focus on one thing. I think we're dynamic individuals and we're going to have different um, loves and likes throughout our life. And it's okay to try different things. And yes. this can look different too. It doesn't have to look the same. And then it's also afraid, like, okay, to like change your mind and go back. Yes. Right. Like I, I recently um, had a cup of coffee with a woman who built an extremely successful business took on a business partner, things went south. She wound up just kind of a mess, but she just took a job recently. And she was like, you know, I had so much drama around taking a job because what it meant, did it mean that I failed? Did it mean that I couldn't figure it out? Like, what did it mean about me? And she was like, but I, I just like, I love it. I love being part of a team again. Like, I feel like a million bucks because I don't have all the stress and the pressure mm -hmm. and everything else. And I was just, she was like, it, it feels so good, but it took me probably two years to even consider the idea of getting a job because I was so worried about it, like it looking like I failed and, you know, I'm like, yeah, but it's, it's okay to go back too. like, I did it. It was fun. And now I'm going to go do something else. Yeah. And it's okay. It's funny. I was telling Mike over the holidays, like, I want to go get, I want to go work at Pete's coffee. Yes. I know I got offered a job last week. Some guy was like, are you sure you don't want a job? And I was like, 
No, I don't. And then I asked my husband later, I'm like, do I? I'm like, no, I don't. (laughs) On that pause, I was going through, like, I had all this stuff come up and I had to, you know, kind of reflect and I'm like, do I, you know, I think I want a job. And I I really, I really, I enjoy being an entrepreneur. I I was just in a place where there was some doing some things that weren't serving me. And Mm -hmm. we can, we can, you know, like you said, we have that um, right to change our mind and to go back. And if I want a job, I mean, I'll, I'll take a job. And it goes back to being authentic and true to ourselves. Right. You know, and the self-judgment too. Because anytime I get triggered, it's because I'm telling a story to myself about myself. That's not true. Amen. So what is your definition of success these days? Ooh, that's a really great question. Having having fun more often than you're not. Yes. <laughs> I think it's 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 you know, irresponsible to believe that we just, everything is fun. Cause even running a business as much fun as we have, there's still crap you have to do in the business that is not fun. Right. Like every time I have to like log into something and remember, I'm like, no, stop it. Um, so, but as long as most days, like you're having more fun than you're not. And I think again, especially as high achieving women, we just have a tendency to forget to have fun. Um, and like, even this morning, my kids, we were dancing around in the, in the kitchen. And I was like, I can't remember the last time I did this. Like, I can't remember the last time I just had fun. So I think success is having fun more often than you're not, because again, we still have to like eat our vegetables and pay our bills and yep. do those things. But like, as long as you're having fun most of the time, you're in good shape. And anyone who knows me knows I love that answer because I've been making an effort to incorporate more fun the last few years. And when we're having fun, we're feeling good. I feel like we attract more. So yes, success is about how you feel and having fun and, and just being in that flow. Yes. Being in that place where it just feels good. So there's something that you um, wrote in social media that I loved. You said, when we hate, we can't create. Yeah. Tell me more about that. Yeah. I mean, so I think it's, it's very interesting. I told myself for a very long time, I wasn't creative, right? I'm like, I'm not creative. Um, but it was because my creative is in the form of like art, you know, my creation is the form of words or in the form of inspiration or in the form of, you know, creating community. And so, but whenever we are in this space of doing things that we hate, we can't create, you can't create content. You can't create joy. You can't create love. You can't create connection if you hate what you're doing. So for me, if you hate your job, if there's a part of your business you hate, if there's somebody you work with you hate, you cannot create connection and love and any of the good things that you just described, right? Fun and flow and any of that, like you, you can't do it. No, it's impossible. And so if you're in a situation, well, we always have a choice, but let's say you're in a situation in your job and right now you're there and, and you hate, hate it. What's something you can do to kind of shift that to help you get more creative? Or where you can create. So it was so interesting when I was working full time and building my business on the side, um, I had asked my coach a similar question, like, how do I not just totally disconnect from my job? Like, while I build this, how do I do that? And she gave me the advice to start viewing my job as an investor in my business. Oh, nice. That's a great reframe. And she was like, it's just investing in your business. It's paying your bills while you grow your business. Your job is an investor. And when you can look at it that way, there's there's more gratitude than resentment, right? Because it's like, well, you're investing in me. You're, you're paying my bills while I grow this thing. So yeah, if you are in a job that you hate or you're doing something that you hate and you feel like you can't make a change immediately because of finances or whatever, how can you reframe it in a way where yeah, it is an investor? Like 
maybe even if you're just looking to get a different job, maybe you're not trying to be an entrepreneur, but you're just looking for a better opportunity. It's this opportunity is investing in me while I find my next opportunity. That's a beautiful reframe. I thought so too. It was really helpful for me. Yeah. No, I love that. Reframes have definitely helped me. That's a really good one. So for our audience that's watching, what is, you've given us so many incredible nuggets. Thank you. What's one thing you'll leave us with? Someone's, you know, interested to step into the entrepreneurial world. What's one piece of advice that you can give them? The more people you talk to, the more money you will make. Period. And a story. Yeah, that's true. hundred percent. hundred percent. Those connections. Yeah. It has been amazing. I could keep so going fun, on and on with you, Ryan. <laughs> so fun. Yes, yeah, so fun. And definitely love to have on again in the future. There's so much we can talk about. So many beautiful yeah. nuggets. So for those that are watching that would love to connect with you, how can they find you? Um, so we are on Instagram at Ryan Dowdy official. Um, we are also on TikTok at Ryan Dowdy official. Um, I am Ryan with two N's Dowdy on LinkedIn and Facebook. So you should connect. You could connect with me on any of those places on social media. Um, be in the room.org is our website for be in the room, but social media is a great place to connect as well. Beautiful. And I'll also have that information, um, in the links when we, um, upload the podcast and on this video, once we get it up back on Facebook again. So thank you so much for all of you that are watching. Thank you for the replay. Um, I just want to read a couple of the comments. May soon said, thank you, Ryan and Grace, for the valuable information. You're very welcome. And Mario said, smaller realistic goals are more fulfilling. Yes, I could, I could see that as well. So Ryan, thank you so much for being yes, with please. us today. I appreciate you. And thank you all um, who are watching. We wish you a fabulous day. And if you enjoyed this podcast, make sure to share because sharing is caring. You never know who in your network may want to watch. Hey, love. Thank you so much for listening today. I am so grateful for you. I'd like to show you my appreciation by gifting you a free forgiveness self-hypnosis audio download. Part of living the fun and fabulous life is practicing forgiveness. Forgiveness can be such a long and challenging process. My intention is that this forgiveness audio will help you in practicing forgiveness, especially with yourself. Grab it by visiting daretoachieve.com backslash forgiveness. For more inspiring tips, make sure to connect with me on social media. Drop me a line on Facebook or Instagram at Grace Redmond Dare to Achieve. Until next time, keep moving forward towards living your fabulous life.